All right, welcome everybody to Mountain Crypto. I'm your host, Shane Ripley, and uh, today I'm trying something really spectacular and new. And um, I'm streaming D Live at the same time I'm streaming Facebook and doing our podcast. So we'll see how that turns out. I see there's some glare still from that window back there. Sorry. Hard to, hard to make it perfect. Today we're going to talk about DeFi. I don't know if you're familiar with um, DeFi, but um, this is a uh, you know, hot topic that uh, everybody is interested in for the most part. And um, there was a good article on it in uh, actually Forbes of all places, but here it is. Um, first of all, I'll give my little disclaimer. I'm not a financial advisor. Um, I don't give advice of any kind. So do your own research, and uh, hopefully this will be some good information to get you off in the right direction. And it's a beautiful day up here in the San Diego County, and uh, we'll just go ahead and get right into it. Might even talk about stablecoins a little bit, because that's been a hot topic of mine that I've been really interested in. But this article in Forbes was um, covered by uh, their staff, Jeff Coughlin. And uh, it was put out just uh, on the 26th. So basically, I think that's today, right? So if you don't know what DeFi is, this is um, decentralized finance. So these are the coins that allow you to either borrow money or earn interest. Or I guess you could do both at the same time. If you're holding it, you could pull out more and then use use that cryptocurrency to do some investing or something like that but um, it's pretty neat because it's actually creating a lot of excitement we've heard of the um, last year was the uh, the ICOs the initial coin offerings and then the beginning of this year last year too we heard about the exchange offerings the ETOs I guess they're called where um, everybody's starting their own exchange or there's exchange tokens um, so that's hot still with Binance and stuff like that. Waves, which I like waves, by the way. Um, but there's also opportunities for earning interest. So I've done some reviews on like Nexio and some of these ones were, will do that. But it says, um, you know, despite the crypto assets remaining about 75% lower than where they were in uh, 2017, um, the the DeFi, which is short for decentralized finance, is really going to recreate traditional financial instruments, and it's going to do that in a decentralized way outside of companies and governments. So if you watch my video the last couple um, weeks, I did talk about um, you know a lot of these things that people talk about to get mass adoption because we all want cryptocurrencies to um to get mass adoption by the way i'm going to bring up my uh, chat on uh, whoop, on d live because um i really like d live i've only used it a couple times but um it's decentralized and um you know youtube is um not as friendly user friendly they don't let you live stream anymore so that's one one reason and um there's a couple reasons but um, I don't want to bag on Facebook when I'm using Facebook, so you know we'll just keep that for another time. But anyway, um, so I have a chat that I can follow along pretty good. Um, 
with and uh, it, I'm barely got any followers on that because I just started you know fooling with it but come on over to our DLive um, if you want to get on decentralized uh, platform for live stream videos but you can also see any of the ones I've done there's a record of them there and you can pull those up and watch them um, only a couple uh, I cannot put any videos up there just yet I'm still working on that but check that out it's under mountain crypto mountain underscore crypto and then I'll show up on D live okay so let's get back onto the subject here about um, DeFi um, you know decentralized way of, of having an application for um, finance basically getting rid of the banks and um, you know there's so much centralized stuff right now that's in the cryptocurrency world you know with ripple and tether and all these stable coins they're very um, centralized and then you got Facebook you got JP Morgan you got IBM you've got everybody talking about making their own cryptocurrency but <laughs> You know, I would just say, hey, you know what? Um, that's not going to work. You know, we can't uh, move forward and have the level of freedom that cryptocurrency was designed to give us by utilizing something that is centralized like this. So I know it's going to be tempting to use it with Facebook, and people are definitely going to use it. It's definitely going to be popular. But um, we need to find something um, that is going to be used every day for everyday transactions it's got to be stable it's got to be secure it's got to be decentralized it should have a mechanism in it to be um, you know private and um, financing is one of the steps to getting us there really because in order to build an ecosystem where you have a currency you're gonna have to play with interest rates getting people to borrow money actually is good because it's the money's tied up and um, it helps stabilize the price where um, there's actually examples of some stable coins that started off and when Bitcoin went to 20,000 everybody got out of their stable coin and wanted to um, you know because the stable coin was backed by Bitcoin they wanted to sell their Bitcoin which destabilized the stable coin and uh, the company went defunct so it's, it's out of business it didn't work so you know, there's just so many different ways of doing it, and there's so many conversations. It's very in-depth conversation, man. I've been studying and reading, and there's just not really any easy way to talk about the whole subject. Um, you know, so we'll probably go into some of these things one at a time and uh, discuss them over the coming months as I have the availability. But, um, you know, there's got to be some sort of store value behind this uh, this this application, whether it be a stable currency or a decentralized financing uh, situation. There's going to be either gold or um, you know something that protects it against inflation. So a lot of these are using Ethereum, and they have a, a smart program built in them to help you know manipulate up and down. What should the interest rate, can we make more of these, can we loan more, can we, you know, what can we do? How can we keep these things all balanced so that one doesn't overpower the other? And um, so there's some interesting case studies really going on within this industry. Um, and we'll talk about that. Newer apps are dominating the DeFi conversation, the stablecoin DAI. So DAI, 
uh, is a stable coin and then the maker is the um, kind of like the bank I guess that holds it all and like I said this is, I've read this about die over and over again and people explain you know how it's um, you know it's kind of collateralized I guess is the word I hope I'm saying it right but it, People, there has to be like $150 worth of dye held in the bank for there to be $100 worth of dye out there. But if the price goes way up, well, then, you know, they can um, make more, I guess. But if the price goes down, then they're going to have to take some of that money away from those holders that have it, okay? So the thought is, is that, you know, when it's going the other way, there would be an interest paid back to you. So it's it's stabilized, and that's really not a great explanation of it, but um, you know that's somewhat how it is. It's just so complicated, and they're putting in more things in these coins to keep them stable. But the good thing is, is it's decentralized, you know. So I mean, I definitely would would play around with some and check it out and and see how it works. I think it's a good thing that we start experimenting with these things. Um, you know, and another one is called reserve, you know, and, and some of the studies that come out show that, um, ones that use like, um, a reserve account, like a, kind of like a bond, you know, or like a reserve bank, they also have a governance type coin possibly. And then there's the stable coin and all three of these work together through a smart contract to keep it stable. But one is actually, you know, hopefully paying you something to hold it. So there's a benefit for holding it, okay? And the benefit has to outweigh the risk, right? So those are kind of the questions that we're learning is, well, with as unstable as the market is, how is this all going to work? You know, is it going to be a good thing? Well, you know, some people are making money right now, and the market has been more stable than less stable, as opposed to, you know, the first of the year in uh, 2018, you know, from December to February or whatnot, and then again in April, you know, when the market just uh, died. So the stablecoin DAI is, is like a Bitcoin digital token that aims to be the global currency untouchable by central banks. Unlike Bitcoin, its value is pegged to the U.S. dollar, reducing the volatility that prevents Bitcoin from being practical for everyday purposes. And Compound is a crypto version of a money market fund that lets users earn interest and DHARMA Dharma, lets you issue and underwrite debit to gain investment returns. So these are just some of the things that are, you know, helping... Um, deregulated financing and and built in with stable coins and such as this to reconstruct the banking system for basically the whole world in a permissible way. So um, Alex Pack is a managing partner at Dragonfly Capital, um, which is a hundred million dollar crypto fund, and he says um, to be able to do what we're doing to to decentralize finance and and create a stable coin and all these things. Uh, you don't get a chance like this all the time. Um, he says to do this big of a change in finance, it only happens once every 50 years. Maybe there's a chance. Another um, in, another individual, um, Sala Desh Pandal, a partner in Bryan Capital Ventures who leads the firm's crypto investment, thinks people should first become interested in DeFi because they have a liberal 
Tarion streak. They like that they can build a censorship-resistant products, and some developers are simply fascinated with the technological um, capabilities that it has. So um, what he's saying is basically the people who really started Bitcoin were kind of libertarian-minded. You probably don't – a lot of people don't really know what a libertarian is in America. They think it's a liberal. That's not true. Uh, um, libertarians do span a wide range from people who are very liberal to people who are very conservative. Um, it, it basically just says that each person has the right to do whatever they want to do, you know, as long as it doesn't um, um, severely impact the other person. And that that pretty much means like you can't go kill someone, you can't go steal their stuff. It doesn't mean that you can create a special interest group to go target that person and what they're doing and destroy them and demonize them. Um, it has to be something very physical and very realized. It cannot just be you know built up in a in with a case of uh, you know probabilities and maybes and things like that. The libertarian. True libertarian um, built idea of Bitcoin is that each person has their own sovereignty. That there is not some government that can come take your money away. That um, you know you're not tied to a corporation. That you have that freedom to come and go as you please, use your money, have privacy. Privacy rights are real big with libertarians. So, um, but these these things that. Uh, Bitcoin is built on really protects a person. So when you see governments become overbearing um, or making foolish mistakes, whether they be you know more uh, capitalistic or more um, democratic or more socialist or whatever, you start seeing them take away these rights from people or controlling the money. That's when you start seeing all the problems. Okay, and. Um, you know, so the people around the world really do come to an agreement of the benefits of like a decentralized cryptocurrency and also decentralized finance and a stable coin. So that's really, there's no way to argue that. The most powerful effects of DeFi applications, um, he says, will take sure shape over the long term. And he points to Venezuela where a steep drop in oil prices and poor government policies like printing vast amounts of money have crushed the economy with inflation exceeding 1 million percent last year, according to IMF. Central banks are just people and people make mistakes. So these, dense, these decentralized applications take the people out and put systems in place that are transparent, more resilient, they're immutable, they cannot be changed unless um, there's a consensus mechanism built in where the, the majority of those that have a stake can actually vote and make a change. So that's the beauty of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and DeFi, and stable coins that are not centralized, okay? Um, so I got some kind of ad jumped up here. What else do we have here? Um, Jim Carlson, a former Goldman Sachs trader and strategist led at a blockchain, has been researching how Venezuelans are using digital assets to combat hyperinflation as part of a nonprofit that she co-founded, the Open Money Institute. Crypto is not saving Venezuela, but Bitcoin is being used by people as a tool against inflation. 
So I saw another study that showed that people in Venezuela, they use a lot of Dash and uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And just by putting their paycheck, which they might get paid every week or every two weeks or once a month, uh, on average is helping them have 30% more income. Okay, because they get it out. The Venezuelan dollars are so bad, they don't even count them anymore. They weigh them by the wheelbarrow, right? I mean, it's just like so stupid to even use their currency right now because it's so worthless. And our currency could do the same thing or something similar. Maybe not quite that bad, but it could do the same thing. Um, so there's only about 21,000 people who currently hold um, DeFi-type um, assets and... Um, which it is up about 1,300, up about five per, 500 average daily transactions the first few months after it launched in late 2016. Die, that's die. Okay, so it is gaining some popularity. Um, I do, again, I think it's kind of experimental and, um, you know, it really kind of needs, we need to use it and um, see how it's working because I believe and I've got a couple videos ago that if we don't get our butt in gear and find a stable coin that can be used everywhere for everything um, and stay fairly stable, that we're going to lose the cryptocurrency that we know. And it's going to be so regulated and it might even be you know outlawed or at least put in a little box like, OK, yeah, you can play with Bitcoin and Ethereum. You know, there's only so many of them. It isn't going to take over the world. Um, you guys can play with that, but it's going to be a securities. You got to follow this law, and you got to report that, and you got to do this. You got to jump through hoops of fire. You got to dance naked with your underwear pulled over your head, or whatever, right? So, I mean, it's going to be regulated. If we don't get something decentralized with a privacy mechanism that we can turn on and off, um, that can be used anywhere, anytime, not just for trading cryptocurrencies, but for buying a cup of coffee and stuff like that. I really think we're going to lose a huge opportunity and the control is going to come marching in. So, I mean, this is really important. Um, so in order to create, I think I mentioned this earlier, in order to create $100 worth of MakerDAO, or uh, I mean uh, DAI, you must pledge $150 worth of Ether. And you also pay an interest rate or stability fee. And that's because they're borrowing DAI when they create it. And DAI has a sister currency called Maker. The people who hold Maker vote to determine DAI's interest rate. Okay? So when you're creating the coins, that's you're making the coins when you hold the, the Maker. So that's where you make the money, is you're getting the money from, from the coins. All right. Um, Tether, they talk about Tether here. It surpassed 44,000 transactions on April 4th, um, according to CoinMetrics. Of course, it's not decentralized. It's managed by um, iFinex, which is a very scrutinized Hong Kong company accused of moving money from Tether stablecoins reserve to cover up for an $850 million loss in uh, funds through its uh, Bitfinex exchange. So, I mean, <laughs> there's just so much corruption out there that uh, this stuff is getting grabbed up and gobbled up. And I wouldn't have my money in Tether for all the money in the world. And, um, you know, it's really funny. There's a lot of competition between these stablecoins. I've only done a couple articles, really, on stablecoins up until this last week. And uh, I did one on PAX, uh, which is a U.S.-based security exchange kind of 
stablecoin is basically what they present themselves as. Um, they're used a little bit. And also, um, I did one on the Coinbase USD. I forget the last letter, but um, they have one on their application too. And um, man, I get so many responses from the YouTube posting on that that I get responses almost every day. And they're, usually people are bashing the stablecoin. And uh, I'm not saying they're, they're right or they're wrong. I always ask them, you know, hey, give us some proof. You know, don't just make a claim, a statement. Give me an article. Give me some proof. Let me know what you're talking about. And nobody ever does. So I think it's, you know, trolls or, I don't know, it could be bots. could be people out there just, um, you know, signing up to look for these type of articles and just put a lot of FUD out there on it. So, um, but it's a hot topic. And it, and it should be because these things are a big deal. And um, I'm glad people are speaking up, and I hope they keep doing it. So, the biggest risk of DeFi applications, the smart contracts, can be hacked, um, PAC says. There could be a backdoor that allows someone to get your keys, but you're trusting open source code. So, over time, many eyes are looking at it. Um, and then also, DICE software has been audited four times by well-respected security researchers like Trail of Bits. Um, also, I think there's good uh, company and good team behind um, uh, MakerDAO in the DAI project from the research I did. Um, I forget exactly, but I do think they have some either European or U.S.-based offices and things like that. They might even be out of Silicon Valley. But um, I think it's a good team. I think, I think they have, um, you know, they're really looking for something that will work and, and and bring some stability. I don't know if it's going to be the answer in the end. It is, like I said, it is really complicated to talk about it in a deep level. So we're just kind of touching on some of the points. Um, but anyway, we see more promise in stable coins created by a large company with many users pointing to recent reports of Facebook is working on one. Ultimately, distribution wins out, um, they say here in the article. And they don't mind that Facebook's uh, coin is going to be centralized because um, they just see that the utopian future that it might bring, um, and it's not going to happen overnight, but with a big company like that, it could happen a lot quicker. So I don't agree with that. Um, I think Facebook, Facebook coin is going to be used. I hope it's only used within Facebook ecosystem, which is going to be huge in itself. Um, but I personally, I'm already kind of prejudiced to um, not be for it, uh, not be for IBM coin, not be for JP Morgan coin, not be for Ripple, not for any of these centralized coins, not for Tether, not for any of those. Um, I'm primarily looking at the DAI, the Maker DAI, and uh, the Reserve Project, which is not listed anywhere. So I'm I'm thinking that they're still working on this. That's that's a pretty good team on that one too, the Reserve team. Uh, as I recall, and we'll do some we'll do some more in-depth um, research on that. But there's a really good article on stable coins actually, right here called a guide to decentralized stable coins. I've been reading this. Um, show all my viewers here. It's written by Jude Zambarakja, and I'm probably saying that wrong. But uh, her name, it's Jude, I'm sorry, Jude, J-U-D-E, and the last name is Z-A-M-B-A-R-A-K-J-I. And um, I'm not sure what website I found this on, but um, 
It's a really good article and it goes through all the different types of coins, the definition of stable coins, path to decentralization. Um, they break up the, the two coins, you know, as far as um, how they work to a um, collateralized and a non-collateralized. And then um, they break it down even more to five subsets, the stable coins to elastic supplies, self-collateralized coins, collateralized debt positions, which is kind of what we're talking about right now, and um, bond redemption and collateralized redemption. So, you know, maybe the answer lies in, in a mix of all of them. So that's what I like about Reserve and uh, Die, Make or Die, is that, you know, even though Make or Die is starting with the, um, you know, ETH and, and their coin and all that as backing it, um, they want to look bigger than that. And, and Reserve wants to look even bigger than that, where the, some of the tokens are actually real estate, um, you know, maybe fractional tokens of, uh, or, or yeah, tokens of um, stocks, different stocks on the stock market. So this could be pretty cool. I think it's a really great idea. And um, I'm not going to put all my eggs into any of these things, but I definitely want to get enough that I can play around with it and see how it works. And, um, you know, hopefully somebody will start accepting these things as a payment. Little coffee shops or something like that would be great. And we can start using it because I really think if we don't get something rocking and rolling this year uh, by 2020 or in 2020 for a good stable coin, I think, I think cryptocurrency as we know it's really going to be hurt. But I hope I'm wrong and um, hope I'm just paranoid like uh, uh, always. <laughs> and uh, thank you for tuning in. I don't know. I didn't see anybody else uh, jumping on my live stream on um, DLive. So maybe I did it wrong. We'll see what happens. Uh, thank you, everybody, on Facebook, on the podcast. And uh, when I finally get a copy of this to my YouTube crowd and all the other social media, thank you for that. I'm your host, Shane Ripley. Over and out.